0: Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here's Pastor Ramirez. The title of the message is, Are You Walking with Christ? And so today we're going to be talking about walking, talking about walking. Uh, You know, some walk to work. I don't know if anyone here does, some walk to work, some walk around the block, some walk at the park, some walk at the store. You know, I know my doctor told me I need to walk more, is what he basically told me. So, uh, but walking is good for you, you know, walking is good for you. And there's different ways to walk, you can walk for relaxation, some enjoy just getting out and, you know, clearing their thoughts and just walking. Uh, you can walk for enjoyment. You can walk for even fellowship. You walk with someone else. You can talk while you walk. Uh, And you can even walk for exercise. Uh, You can walk aimlessly or with a purpose, right? You can be going somewhere or you can just be going nowhere. And there are many different ways to walk. Am I correct? You can meander. You can stroll. Walk briskly. Or you can even power walk, those that do the power walking. So there's all different sorts and types of walking. But today we're going to be talking about walking with or walking in Christ, all right? Uh, That word walk... The literal meaning is to move around. Uh, To tread all over is the literal meaning of that word. To move around and to tread all over. The figurative meaning would be to live or to follow or to be with. That's the figurative of this word here as far as walking with Christ. You know, the first thought I have here is the Christian life is to be an active one. Is it not? It's to be an active life. We're to be walking in Christ. It's not to be a passive life. It's not to be a life of where we sit and let everything pass us by or we do nothing at all. It's to be an active life. We're to be active in our relationship with God and walking with the Lord. And Christ makes it possible for us to have a walk with Him. For us to fellowship with Him. You know, when I think of walking, when I think of walking with someone, I think of fellowship is what I think of. Uh, generally, when you walk with someone, you're talking. Now today, unfortunately, you know, with social media, you, I've seen people walk and they're talking to somebody, but they're not talking to the person next to them. They're having you know, their phone. And But, you know, generally speaking, it, it, you walk with someone, you talk with them. You know, walking in Christ kind of implies a relationship with Him. That we're talking with Him, He's talking to us, and there, there's a a walk in Him and His strength and His ability to, to go through this world and to go through life and his power and his strength. So let's look here this morning at this passage. Uh, and I believe we're going to be encouraged. And hopefully we'll find some things that we can grow from. But, you know, to walk, as far as if you're going to walk, there has to be a starting point. Somewhere where you take off. And that's what we're going to look at first here. i got two thoughts I'm going to share with you this morning on this passage. We're going to talk about receiving Christ. Uh, from verse 6 is what we're going to look at, receiving Christ. And then the second one is uh, the response to having Christ in your life. You see, once you receive Christ, Christ is in your life, He's in your heart, and there's a response that should be there. In other words, there should be, on our part, how we live, because Christ is there, there should be a response to that. So we're going to talk first about receiving Christ, and then the response to Christ in your life. I guess you, if you wanted to, you, you could even put the first part here would be what we would term salvation. The second part would be sanctification, the growing in the Lord afterwards. So let's talk here about receiving Christ first. Uh, A few thoughts here. I want to talk about the reception. Notice in Colossians chapter 2. Let's begin here, verse 6. He says here, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. So uh, what we find in this passage here is Paul's talking to believers, to those who have already received Christ. That's what he's talking to. He's talking to those who've already received him into their heart, and he's encouraging them now to walk with Christ. But let's talk about the reception first as far as receiving Christ. That word receive, it means to, the literal, literal meaning is to bring near or to bring within, is the word, to receive, to bring near or to bring within. In other words, it's to accept, uh, to take, and, and maybe even to learn from. You know, when you receive Jesus Christ, you, it's interesting, we bring him in. We allow him into our heart and into our life. So, salvation is more than just knowledge. It's a relationship with God. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's more than just knowing about him. It's actually knowing him. That's the difference. Uh, Until you're saved, you may know about Christ. You may know who he is, what he's done. You might even know all his claims from the Bible. But it's not until you receive him as your Savior that you actually know him Personally, you know, I grew up in church and I thank the Lord for for being raised in church. I thank the Lord for that. But being raised in church meant I had all the answers too. you know, I I went to Sunday school, went to class, went to camp. And so uh, when I say all the answers, I I knew the answers for salvation. I knew what was expected and what to say. Uh, And I did that. I gave what you would call a false profession at times. It wasn't a salvation. It was, obviously, I didn't want to go to hell. And so people talk about that. And I hear a teacher say, you don't want to go. I was like, no, I don't want to go. Uh, So, yeah, I'm going to go for whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do. Because I don't want to go there. But there was never really a, what I would call a salvation. uh, Because there was never repentance and never understanding of my sin. And never actually receiving Christ in my heart. I had the knowledge, but I didn't have, I didn't know him. And this morning, I hope... You know Christ as your Savior. That's gone beyond knowledge. And that you received him into your heart. Because that's what's important. That's what what reception is. Receiving Christ uh, into your heart. And when you receive Christ, you bring him in. And he comes in. And this is done through repentance and faith. The Bible teaches that it's done through the understanding of sin. The understanding of the need for salvation. And believing on Jesus Christ for that salvation. But once you're saved... Here's what I want to go to next. Because he's talking to those that are saved. Here's what happens. The results... Of receiving Christ. You know, everything changes once you're saved. Uh, now, everything around you might not change, but within there's a change. The Bible teaches this. Let's go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And let's go to verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. And the Bible tells us in this passage here Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. He's a new creature. A new creation is what he is. A new creature. And that new creature is a new creature in Christ. So once you're saved, you're a new creation. A new creature in Christ. You've been given a new heart and a new life. And that's something that you have. That's new. That's yours. And that's because of Jesus Christ, because you received him into your heart, and you're now saved. And that's a a result of what we would call salvation. Now, let's go to Romans 6. Let me point something out to you in Romans chapter 6. And I'll look at verses 1 through 4 here of Romans chapter 6. And the Bible tells us here, What shall shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin, uh, that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Uh, know ye not that so many of us as were baptized unto Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of Father, of the Father, even so we also should walk. Notice that word again, walk in the newness of life. You see, what we find in the scriptures is that before you were saved, we were in sin. But after we're saved, you know, after you're saved, you're a new creature in Christ. You now have the power to walk with Christ, the ability to walk in Him. And so you should walk in Him. That's what the Bible teaches. We should walk in Christ. And Jesus is the one who enables this to happen. He's the one who enables you to have not only the power, but the ability to walk with Him after you receive Him as your Savior. You know, it's been said that there are over 30 blessings some say 32, 33, 34, or 35. There are over 30 blessings that a believer instantly receives upon salvation, no matter who you are. When you receive Christ in your heart, there's over 30 promises, some call them promises, riches of God, that God has promised directly in the Bible that you receive once you're saved. Let me give you a few of them and give you something to think about. First one is, you have the power to be the son or daughter of God, a child of God, is, is the, one of the promises that God gives. No matter who you are, That if you receive Christ into your heart, you're instantly brought into his family. You're a child of the Lord. You know, the Bible tells us that in John chapter 1, uh, verses 11 and 12. That Christ enables us to become sons of God. So that's something that God enables and that you have instantly upon salvation. Here's another one. Once you're saved, you receive the Holy Spirit. You receive the Spirit to be your guide and your comfort in life. Uh, Let's look over Romans chapter 8. We were in Romans a second ago. Let's go back to Romans chapter 8. And we'll look at verse 9 here. Romans chapter 8 and verse 9, he says here, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Let me read it again to you. But but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Now, this is pretty clear here. He, he says, we, we find here, that if you belong to Christ, if you're in Christ, then you have the spirit. And the spirit resides with you. So, what we find, the Bible teaches that once you're saved, you receive the spirit. And that was promised. Even Christ promised that. That he would send the spirit. He would send the comforter to abide with us. You know, that goes for Everyone. Not just some people that are saved receive the Spirit, but everyone who receives Christ also receives the Spirit. Let me just give you one more. How about forgiveness? Forgiveness. Once you're saved, you're forgiven of your sin. Forgiven of your sin. You know that's important because sin and the lack of forgiveness is difficult to deal with, by the way. The guilt and the shame that may come with sin... Uh, often ruins people's lives. But the Bible says once you receive Christ as your Savior, you're forgiven uh, of your sin. Uh, You know, we're in Colossians chapter 2. Let's go back. Uh, We go down just a little bit further into this chapter in verse 13, and he talks about that here. Colossians chapter 2, we'll go down a little bit further to verse 13. He says, And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Isn't that wonderful to know that we're forgiven? You're forgiven of your sin. Any mistakes you've made in the past, anything you said out of place, anything you did, you should not have done, God's forgiven you. You're forgiven of your sin. Uh, of course, the sin against Him, the rebellion, rejection of Him, not living unto Him, those things, we're forgiven of those. God has forgiven us of our sin. You know, the Christian, I want to encourage you to remember that. Take that with you. Because that's something that will encourage you because uh, you may have someone, uh, you may have the devil at times might try to discourage you based upon your past. You may have others try to discourage you based upon your past. You say, you know what, I'm forgiven. God's forgiven you this and God has blessed me. You know, when you have guilt and shame, uh, it can be difficult to live with. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit of a, an illustration on this, which is kind of interesting. The late uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. You know, he an excellent author, um, but he enjoyed practical jokes. I was reading a story about him once. he enjoyed practical jokes. And so he him and a friend were sitting around and they were having a discussion, and he told his friend, uh, he said, "Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to write 10 letters." And he knew a lot of prominent people, by the way, in, in the country, and he said, "I'm going to write 10 letters." And he goes, "I'm going to keep him anonymous, and I am going to put on here. all is known. Leave immediately. That's all I want to put in the letter." And they joked about it. And he did it. Within a week of receiving those letters, all ten left the city. And, you know, maybe coincidence for some of them, but the point being, he wrote later that guilt. Guilt is something people live with. And if there's guilt there, that can drive them to do certain things or go different directions. And, you know, even as Christians sometimes, we can hold on to things that, we, that, that make us feel guilty. And we need to understand God's forgiveness of our sin. God's forgiven you. You're forgiven of your sin. Now, if you have unconfessed sin, then go to God and confess that. And when you confess that, understand He forgives you. You have a God who is a forgiving God. And it's wonderful to know that. So, we find here, this is due to Jesus Christ's forgiveness. Now, I'm not going to go any further. Those are just three. Other things that we find as far as when you receive Christ, the result. Bible's filled with more. I encourage you to study that out. And when you find those, just hold on to those. But here's something to understand as we wrap up this first thought here. Uh, to begin with, you must receive Christ. That's what it comes down to. You have to receive Christ as your Savior. you got to receive Him for who He is, the Son of God. That's what you got to receive Him, man. Who He is. He's more than just a man. He's the Son of God. Second, you have to receive Him for what He's done, His work on Calvary his life that he laid down in your place so you could be saved. You've got to receive him for the work that was finished on Calvary and third for what he's able to do, and that's to forgive you. Forgive you and to give you eternal life. You see, salvation is simple. It's just understanding Christ, understanding us, and then receiving Christ as your Savior. Hope you're saved here this morning. Hope everyone here has received Christ as their Savior. If not, you can get that settled today. That's something that is for everyone. That's a gift for all. And anyone can receive Christ, and I encourage you to do so. Second, though, let's talk about this now for a little bit. Let's talk about our response to Christ in our life. Because notice what he says here. Colossians chapter 2, we're talking about being complete in Christ. Now, if we're complete in Christ, that means we can walk in Him and we can live for Him after we're saved. It says here in verse 6, As ye have therefore received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. That's all I want to talk about next for the few minutes, next few minutes. Walking in Christ. He says, so walk ye in Him. i got three thoughts for you on this here. and The first one is... If you're going to walk in Christ, you've got to make a decision that you're going to walk in Christ, alright? You're sitting down here this morning, when the service ends, if you decide you're going to go home, it's because you're going to make a decision, I'm going to go home. Well, if you're going to walk in Christ, you've got to make that decision as well. And it's going to have to be a conscious decision. You're going to have to choose to walk in Christ. It doesn't just happen, by the way. It doesn't just, after you're saved, it doesn't just happen that you're walking Him immediately. Just like walking a literal way doesn't just happen. You have to walk in Christ. You must choose to get up and move. Let me give you some examples of this. You're going to have to choose to read your Bible. You're going to have to choose to do so. That's a decision you're going to just have to say, you know, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to study it. Uh, if you're a family, you're saying, you know, I'm going to read it together. But it's just a decision you're going to have to make. You're going to have to come to. And that's the challenge here. This morning, if you're going to walk in Christ, you're just going to have to make some decisions. How about prayer? You're going to decide you're going to pray. You know, I know in my life, prayer is one of the first things that I, I'll admit, it's one of the first things I begin to set aside. And I think it's because when I say set aside, if I get too busy in personal things or I'm thinking of something else, my prayer life either cuts short or it's just not as serious as it should be. And that's because my mind is not where it should be. Because I'm not choosing to talk to God. You know, if you're going to talk to God, you've got to choose to talk to the Lord. You know, when you think about it, that's how life is. You can choose not to talk to someone, right? You get mad at somebody, you get upset with somebody, you can say, I'm just not going to talk to you. And you can choose not to talk with them. Now, if you're married, I would not advise that, all right? Make sure you talk to your Children, make sure you talk to your parents. I advise you to maintain that relationship. But you can choose not to talk to someone, and vice versa. You can choose to talk to somebody. You can choose to communicate. Part of a healthy relationship is communication. If there's a lack of communication, there's going to be problems with the relationship. Whether it's a marriage, whether it's a family situation, children, spouse, brothers, sisters, siblings, uh, within a church even. Well, it's the same way with God and you and your relationship with God. If there is a lack of communication, there is going to be a breakdown or problems with the relationship. If you're not talking with God, you're not walking in Him. So those are decisions that I encourage you just to make. Now, also on this, these are daily decisions, too, by the way. You know, I found that out as a Christian. Too. Wouldn't it be nice? There's some things I think, man, it'd be nice just to do it one and done. Just say, yeah, I'm going to do this and it's set the rest of my life. Now, there are some things in life you can do that with. Now, obviously, salvation. Salvation, once you're saved, it's finished. It's final. God's taking care of that. But as far as your walk in Him... You're going to have to choose every single day to talk to God. You see what it is? It's a relationship. It's not a checklist. Let me just encourage you with that. It's not, well, I'm going to talk with him today just so I can mark it off my checklist. Or I'm going to read my Bible to mark off my checklist. Now, those that keep checklists, if you want to, that's fine. But keep in mind, it's a relationship with God. And if you have a healthy relationship with someone, you're not talking with them just to mark a checklist or or mark it off your box for the day. You're talking with them because there's a relationship there. Because you want to talk with them. You want to hear what they have to say. You want the fellowship. And so I want to encourage you to develop a relationship with God through Christ. That's what walking in Christ is. It's a relationship. It's in Him. It's in His power and in His strength. And because of Him, you can talk to the Lord. So every day is new. Every day is new. And every day you can choose To walk in Christ. But that's the decision you have to make. Second, the direction. Let me give you some thoughts on the direction. It says here, walk in Christ. Let's go to verse 6. He says, as you have therefore received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Walk ye in him. Okay, walking. You know, walking is movement. It's going somewhere. It's going in a direction. It's not standing still. It's not remaining in one place, but it's going forward, maybe going backwards, going sideways, but you're going somewhere. That's the thought behind walking, is that you're going somewhere. Now, their direction may be in one specific way, or it may be all over the place. Uh, You know, I have some boys, and I remember when they were younger. And I think it's with all children. Man, they would take off one way, and if you didn't keep your eye on them, they could be anywhere else, because by the time they got... Five feet away, they could be going a different direction, or this direction, or that direction. Uh, part of it's because they have that energy, and that excitement, and that zeal, and they're just taking off. You know, as far as uh, Christ is concerned, I think we should keep the energy and zeal. But as we're going to see, there's a direction that we have to follow, that God's given us. But you know, as far as walking, it's just movement. It's going forward. Now, as far as walking with Christ, we want to make sure that we're going His way. That's the direction. If you're going to walk in Christ, you're going the way that Christ is going, and that of course is obedience to God, His Word. You know, the Bible tells us in John fourteen fifteen, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Kind of a test of our love is our obedience to Christ, and to walk in Him means we're keeping His commandments. Uh, Amos chapter three verse three. Uh, this is a little bit of a, the Lord dealing with Israel, but it says there it says, "Can two walk together except they be agreed?" Now, in that passage, he's talking about Israel's mistakes and Israel's wandering from the Lord. But, you know, if we take that principle and apply it to our heart, can we walk with God if we don't agree with him? Or can we claim we're walking with him if we don't agree with him? And to agree with God means that you agree with his word, that you line yourself up with what he teaches and what he says. And so to walk with God, we got to walk his direction. I guess the thought being here is we're not walking our direction or the direction of someone else, but we're walking with him according to his word. Another thought on this is he's the director. All right, he's the director. He's the one who leads the way, he's the one who guides, he's the one that we're to follow because he's the Lord. He's the Lord, and we should follow after him. You know, in Galatians chapter 2, let me point this out to you. In Galatians chapter 2, this is what Paul's referring to here. In chapter 2 and verse 20, I'll wait till you get there. Galatians chapter 2. Paul here in this uh, letter to the Galatians here, in verse 20 he says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. That's kind of what he... The the same thing he's talking about here is living in Christ. Walking in Christ. In other words, he's saying, I live in him and he lives in me. I seek his will. I seek his way. I seek his direction. And I'm walking with him. You see, everything... When you walk in Christ, that means everything you do is directed by Christ. Everything. Your, Your words... Your conduct, your goals, your desires, where you go, what you do, it's directed by Christ. We're seeking to walk in Him and not walk in us. So to walk with Christ, let me give you a thought here. He's going to be faithful. We need to be faithful to Him because He's going to be faithful to us. He's not going to lead us the wrong way or take us down the wrong path. There's nothing worse than going the wrong way. Yeah, I remember when I first moved to Little Rock. There's some one-way streets. I found a couple of them going the wrong way when I first moved here because I had a job downtown that I had to go to when I first got here. And I remember I was like, ooh, I better get off on this side and, and I'd hurry up and get over. But there are wrong ways and there's nothing worse than going the wrong way and finding out you're going the wrong way. But when it comes to Jesus Christ, he's not going to lead you the wrong way. He's never going to take you the wrong direction. He's never going to take, now he may take you a difficult way, he may take you a different way than expected, but his way is right. His way is correct. You know, we talk about life, you know, as we go through life, we live life. Uh, each of our lives is different. We have different things we deal with and different trials, different problems, different directions. And and when you think about life in general, life is really like a winding path, right? Sometimes... uh Sometimes it's straight and you can see ahead and you know it's coming, but often it's just it's kind of twisting and curving. Sometimes it's, you got to give a hard right here or a hard left here, and you got to go this way. I didn't see this coming. Gotta go. And so as we go through life, it's nice to have someone to walk with, is it not? And that someone is not just an ordinary person. That's the Son of God, Jesus Christ, that you can walk in Him. And when you walk in Him, obviously you're going to be with Him, but He's going to lead you guide you direct you the holy spirit he's given you so that way he can comfort and give you direction he can impress upon your heart what to do what not to do you see that's part of being in christ and he'll lead you the way that he wants you to go and so i encourage you this morning to walk with christ here's my last thought here on this and that's determination determination be determined to walk in Christ. Be determined to walk in Christ. I'm gonna give you a couple of illustrations. Here's the first one as far as being determined to walk in Christ. Uh the late J. Vernon McGee, excellent Bible teacher, excellent preacher, excellent ministry for many years. Uh he would send out or people would send letters into him or uh and he would answer them sometimes or he remark on the letters. And I uh was reading once where he commented on someone had sent him a letter and was talking about how um much Bible knowledge he had. And in the letter it talked about him almost being like a you know a genius that he had all this knowledge and his response to it was this. He said he he talked a little bit about how nobody's a genius, first off, he talked about all that. But then he put this in there, he said, he said, as far as himself, he talked about he said he never really had what you would call the photographic memory or all that. But he put this, he said, I figured that if I got into the Bible and I stayed there long enough that I was bound to learn something. And I thought that's good. That's his determination. And that's something all of us can do. We can just determine, hey, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to walk in Christ. And if we determine to walk in Christ, you know, we're bound to, to grow and to learn more of him and draw closer to him. And so I want to encourage you just to, to determine you're going to do it if you're not already doing it. Determine that you're just going to walk with Him on a daily basis. Determine every morning you'll get up, start your day with prayer, talk to Him. And throughout your day, just just develop a relationship with the Lord and draw, and draw close to Him. And then here's the other one. I want to encourage you to, do, to determine to continue walking with Christ. Because there are a lot of things that can hinder or, or pull away our, I guess you say, our walk with the Lord and keep us from walking with the Lord. We can make a mistake and that can hinder our walk. Or or we can neglect our walk for a few days and then say, Well, should I? What should I do? You know, I think, well, I know God is forgiving. And no matter who you are, if you neglect anything, He'll forgive you. The key is getting right with Him and continuing your walk. In other words, get back up if you make a mistake. Or if you miss a day, now now also, here's something else I think of. The Lord knows our hearts. Alright, He knows your heart. And it's a relationship we're talking about here. We're not talking about marking off the boxes. You know, if something comes up a day where you had planned to do some reading and studying and prayer, and let's just say emergency after emergency or thing after thing came up and you just couldn't do it. You know, the Lord knows that. And the Lord knows that you don't have to beat yourself up over it. Say, well, oh, man, no. Continue your relationship with God. Talk to Him. The next day you get up. Now, if you neglect it, then yeah, get back on, get going again. Let me give you an illustration of this. You know, when you think of infants, you think of infants and toddlers, (laughs) isn't it fun to watch them start walking when they take their first steps? And I've seen parents, you know, they they get there and they they say, watch, watch, they're going to take their steps or they just learn how and you, you watch them and they take a step or two and they fall down. You know, I have never seen a parent though. I've never seen a parent For a child who's healthy, and we're going to be clever, a child who's able to, healthy-wise, I've never seen a parent, when the child takes one or two steps and falls down, just give up. They'll they'll never get it. Let's just forget about it. We don't do that, do we? We encourage them. We encourage them to walk. We encourage them to go forward. You know, in life, here's my thought on this and a challenge for you. There are going to be times you might make a mistake. There might be times that you neglect something. But get back up. Be encouraged that God forgives you. Just continue your relationship with Him and walk with God. You know, the thing, walking is something that is consistent. You walk. It's not a full sprint. You're running ahead, wearing yourself out. It's a walk. It's a, just a daily walk with the Lord. And you're walking with Him and having a relationship with God. You know, here's my final thought, my concluding thought here. And I want to go back to the passage uh, to point one thing out to you. In this concluding walk with the Lord, we're hearing, uh, Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Verse 6 says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Notice how Paul referred to Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus the Lord. He did this only one other time in his epistles, and that's in Ephesians chapter 3. He did this. Christ Jesus the Lord. Now, when you put all three together, you have Christ, which is his title, the Messiah, Jesus, which is his name, and then you have the Lord. That's his position in this world, the Lord, the Master, the Lord, Jesus Christ. You see, it's almost as if Paul wanted them to see that not only is he their Savior, not only is he the one who saved their soul and they received, but now he's also to be their Lord after they're saved. He's there to put him in the position of what we'd call priority, the number one, and they're to walk in him, and they're to seek him. You see, there's when you think about this, Jesus should be the Lord of your life. Now, once you're saved and you receive him as your Savior, then you're to begin growing the Lord and you're to put Him first. You know, your priorities in life will be determined, I think, by where God is in your life. What I mean by this, if God is first in your life, then you're going to walk with Him. The problem is, sometimes we don't put God first, right? Often it's us we put first. It's that selfish, you know, we're saved, we belong to the Lord, but then... We just want what we want for some reason. We, we just fall back on seeking to please ourselves, or seeking what I want. And when we do that, God's not first. We're first. And so when you put yourself first, what's going to happen? Well, all the decisions you make are going to be based upon what you want, your desires. Well, the problem with that is our desires, our heart can fool us. Our conscience can also be incorrect it can be wrong in other words we can go the wrong direction just living for ourselves because we put ourselves first also you can put others first and be careful of this nothing wrong with loving your spouse i think you should obviously but they shouldn't be in place of god in your life your children shouldn't be in place of god in your life nobody should be in place in god of god in your life nothing even possessions we go back to the old testament what's the first commandment Thou shalt have no other God before me. God should be number one and God should be first. See, I think what we find here, that's the key to walking in Christ. That's the key. Okay, so here's the big picture here. You have to receive him first. You have to receive him. And to receive him, you just need to know that you're a sinner. He's your Savior. He was sent. So you could be saved. And once you repent of your sin and believe on Christ, you're saved. And then afterwards is what we would call the sanctification. You begin growing in the Lord. And you want to make sure that He's the Lord of your life. And there are times you may look and you say, you know what? Uh, yeah, I got a little bit selfish here. I really wanted that boat. I went and bought it. I didn't pray about it. I just went and did it. Or I really wanted to do this. I wanted this job promotion, so I just put in for it. And I never prayed about it. never talked to God about it. You see, that's selfish decisions, And that's not having God first in our life. But when we put the Lord first, we're going to seek Him in all ways. We'll talk to Him. We'll have a relationship with Him. And so this morning, in closing, here's the thoughts here. Is Christ first in your life? Now that's something you can just, every day, just make sure He's there. And if not, put Him there. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.